now epic appearance in Nashville at SEC Media Days where uh, Cousin Shane appeared behind us. I don't know if Cousin Shane, uh, it's 3.30 in the afternoon in Nashville, so that means Cousin Shane is probably uh, trying to get an early jump on happy hour. Michael Bratton joining us right now. Michael, uh, good afternoon. For having me, Paul, and speaking of Cousin Shane, we've not revealed any of this yet, but I'll, I'll break the news here. I'm moving in. next. Cousin Shane owns a duplex. I'm going to live on one side. He's going to live on the other just so we can do our show, that SEC podcast, in person every day this season. Well, that is fantastic. Uh, congratulations. Uh, I'm, I'm sure this is in one of Nashville's ritzier neighborhoods. No, the, I'm moving to the sticks, Paul. So oh, I'm you're be... moving out, out of town. <laughs> Cousin Shane does not leave the sticks. I, I live in Nashville. I'm what? abandoning one of the best cities in the country uh, just, for, just to help the show. How far, uh, how far out does he live? About three and a half hours. In which direction? Uh, east. So he's, he's all closer to campus, uh, Tennessee's campus. Oh, wow. I, did, I didn't know that. Um, um, I don't, I, can you give me a minute until uh, I can reshuffle my <laughs> questions here? I, 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 I was... <laughs> Uh, it's going to be I'm, a lot harder for him not to show up, Paul, if yeah, I'm literally I'm, uh, uh, on the other I'm, side of the wall. I'm a little unprepared uh, to ask the next question, so I'll just say, uh, who, you, who you got? Uh, all kidding aside, I, I do want to ask you about what happened last week. Uh, and you know, there are a lot of moral high grounds uh, being offered from the commissioners to the president of the NCAA. As you, that guy from the SEC podcast, uh, watched Rome burning around you. What were your thoughts? Well, I'm just glad, Paul, that uh, we have the privilege of covering a conference that uh, has some actual leadership. And this is not a one-time deal by Commissioner Greg Sankey, but going back, of course, to the COVID year and, and all that went with that, if not for his leadership during that time, I don't think I had a show, Paul, because it that's when we really started to take off. And now that uh, I realized that, uh, you know, it was not his decision to, to go out and reach Texas and Oklahoma. They reached out to the SEC. But I think that move was, uh, you know, somewhat of a checkmate to the rest of the, the country. And we've seen the Big Ten in reaction mode ever since. And I don't think that uh, anything they have done threatens the SEC. And I think in reality, Paul, it, it negatively affects them. And I realize people of Southern Cal, UCLA, they get excited, that L.A. market, Paul, I've lived out there. I lived out there for about eight years. And UCLA fans are essentially the equivalent of Vanderbilt fans. <laughs> Which, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, it's awful. They do not support the team. And since I've lived out there, they've, they've added two NFL franchises. All they care about is the Dodgers and the Lakers. So you're not getting anything that, uh, that, that you think you're getting with Southern Cal. And then Oregon and Washington, I mean, the last time I watched, a, I don't know about you, Paul, last time I watched Washington, was uh, several seasons ago when Alabama just tore through them like, uh, like they would, uh, you know, a spring game or something. I mean, it was laughable, the, the challenge that Washington presented the Crimson Tide. And, I, again, I, I think Oregon's a nice brand, but they needed Bo Nix to save them. And uh, I, I think that says all you need to know about uh, Oregon's program. You know, speaking of that Washington game, I, I think Alabama won 24-7. to 7. Uh, The game was in Atlanta, Michael. 
And Lane Kiffin got fired afterwards because he did such a poor job of, of, of calling the game, and Alabama still won by 21 points. I mean, that's, 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 in, a, that's in a semifinal game uh, for the college football playoffs. That's, that shows you how weak uh, that program was at the time. Oh, okay, let me ask you about the, the Big 12. Uh, a lot of people are propping them up. They've, uh, in, the, in the course of a week, picked up Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, in Utah. Uh, does that move the needle for Michael Bratton? No. <laughs> and I mean, what's <laughs> Dion's... I know that was going to be the answer. <laughs> what's Dion's left Colorado for, uh, you know, who knows, South Carolina or Florida or, or whatever in, in a year or two? Uh, I mean, Colorado will be back to being irrelevant. And Arizona, again, that's an irrelevant football program. Arizona State's good at once every 30, 35 years. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, keep adding. They can add literally everybody they're not going to touch what the sec has right now and texas and texas and oklahoma of course on the way here in just a couple months it's like i said it's it that was a checkmate move paul and i don't think you can add anybody uh, i don't even think notre dame would much move the needle to surpass uh what the sec has and i've heard you say it yourself i don't know how realistic this is but if notre dame was going to join a conference they would probably look to the sec uh, i think that's Short of that, I don't think the SEC could possibly upgrade what they currently have on their roster. But hold on a second, Michael, not to be that guy, but I'm going to be. Uh, I heard the Florida State president the other day uh, stomping his feet about getting out of the ACC. And I, I, was, I was halfway expecting I don't know, uh, Greg Sankey to be outside the meeting room offering them an invitation. And that's been a week now. And, and Commissioner Sankey yesterday, I don't think he mentioned FSU. Where, where are they? Yeah, well, they're currently uh, aboard the Titanic, Paul, and, and they're just, uh, you know, throwing a life raft into the ocean and hoping it, it hits something, and it's total darkness there. Leonardo DiCaprio's the out on the deck. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, I can't wait for Florida State, all this preseason buzz, to get just completely destroyed by LSU in the opener. They'll probably lose to Florida. They're so bad uh, to end the regular season. So, yeah, Florida State, they talk a big game, but uh, nobody wants them. No, nobody of uh, value. And maybe they can go to the Big 12. <laughs> and, and other than that, uh, it looks like the, the ACC, I wouldn't compare that league to the Titanic. Or, 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 or should I? <laughs> well, I mean, we got Clemson, we got Florida State, and, and what else do we got? So, I mean, well, it, it's pretty awful. Uh, Boston College. Syracuse, right? I think Syracuse. they're in there. Pitt, uh, <laughs> Pitt was good last year. <laughs> right. Or the year before. Right. I can't remember which year. Uh, Miami. I mean, they've got a great NIL fund down there as long as that guy is uh, not in prison. What's his name? Ruiz. I'm not going to be. I'm not, I'm not commenting on that one. Uh, <laughs> he does watch the show. Um, and he's a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> there's Duke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, you know how these coaches want to play a team in preseason in a spring game. Maybe the ACC, you know, a lot of these teams, uh, maybe they can have some kind of deal with the SEC. They can be kind of the preseason cupcake to get ready for the season. Well, that's about that's the already happening. Value. South Carolina is playing UNC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, North Carolina, that's a nice brand. I, I understand the state you're currently in. It would be nice for the, the SEC to, to kind of put its flag in that state. So I, I understand that, but they add nothing from a competitive 
uh, standpoint. And I don't think any of those teams really do short of Clemson and Florida State. And, and again, uh, like Sankey says, I mean, what do they add monetarily? And, and I, I don't think anything, really. Can I get to the SEC for a second, Michael? Because I was talking to a colleague of mine today, and, and we, were, we were talking about Alabama. And he said, I, I'm, I think Alabama's got a team this year because Nick Saban's kind of being wiry and uh, he seems like he's got that swag back. And, and, I, and I, I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm all in on the Tide this year. I think they're going to the playoffs. And, and then I keep being reminded of what you said the last time we were together uh, on the program. And, and I, I'm just hoping, Michael, that you've had a good chance to relax and – Refresh yourself, you know, go graze with Cousin Shane uh, in Telco or wherever he lives and and rethink your 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 beliefs on on Nick Saban's current status and where the tide is going this year. Right. Well, best case scenario, Paul, Alabama exceeds my wildest expectations and they make it to the SEC championship game just to be crushed by Georgia and Kirby Smart's uh, dominant program there because I'm not backing off from the decaying dynasty it is, and that's why I've got Alabama third in the West. And, uh, you know, I don't even know. I'm not even confident of them finishing that high, to be honest with you, Paul. Michael, this is usually where I go, what did you just say, just in case somebody missed it. But your best-case scenario doesn't sound like that's where you believe they will end up. Did you say, did he say? Maybe not even third in the SEC West? Well, I keep hearing revenge season, Paul. And, and, you know, to a point, last year's revenge tour, maybe it was successful because they went undefeated against Georgia. And, and maybe that was the mission. Of course, they didn't play them because they didn't win their division. But uh, <laughs> in that aspect, the revenge tour was successful. But, I, I mean, it's the same deal. I mean, we're sitting here, we're looking at Saban smiling, and, and people are reading into that, that he's got this, you know, magnificent roster that can't lose. Uh, I mean, the, the, the supporters of Alabama, I mean, they're, they're basing this on nothing. They're basing this on what happened five years ago, ten years ago. Nick Saban, he's the greatest of all time. But, you know, I said it at media days, I'll say it again. Paul, he's lost his fastball, and, and that's evident the last couple of years, losing to, to teams with inferior talent. And there are many games on this schedule that I think could trip them up, particularly you got to look at these road games at A&M, at Auburn, you know, I think Auburn could be really good by the end of the season. And one, hardly anyone's talking about, Paul, at Kentucky. Because I think Kentucky could be the most improved team in the SEC this fall. It's late in the year. If they are as good as I think they can. I mean, we could be talking a, a one-loss Kentucky team getting Alabama late in the season. Could be the defining game of the Mark Stoops era there. And as wild as that sounds, Paul, it, this time last year would have been wild to suggest Tennessee and LSU beating Alabama and this is before overlooking home games against Texas and uh, Ole Miss is another I think team that not enough people are giving enough credit for there's tons of landmines on this schedule I, I think Alabama loses at least two games okay so you said best case scenario maybe two games getting into the championship is there is there is there an other the other side of that a worst case scenario for Alabama if, if all these things go haywire well, I mean, it's a slippery slope, Paul, and I think they've already started to take that slide when you have the number one overall pick and the number three overall pick and you fail to win your division. And, you know, I, I don't understand why people are not seeing the signs short of 
you know, them finally investing, I guess, in NIL and, and landing this number one class, just like A&M did a year ago. But that does not necessarily translate to the SEC because it's so rugged. So, yeah, I, I mean, worst case scenario, and I this is absolute worst case. I don't think Alabama's going eight and four, but given what the moves they made at the quarterback position and, and still the uncertainty, Paul, I mean, we're, we're about two weeks away from the season opener, and there seems to be no clue what they have at quarterback. And I know they're singing the praises of Tommy Reese. They're bringing back bully ball and all this. So, hey, more power to them. But maybe they go back to that old school approach. But it, it's far more than that that is winning at Georgia. It's defense. It's elite skill position like Brock Bowers. And Stetson Bennett, even an, I underrated what he did for that Georgia team the last two years, but he came up big in clutch situations. It's not just bully ball. If that's Alabama's, uh, you know, what they're leaning on, they're in for another rough season because I, I don't think uh, they're elite on the line of scrimmage like they seem to think they are. Michael Bratton from That SEC Podcast. Michael, many thanks. Always great to uh, visit with you. We'll take a short break here. Devin Leary, a little bit later in the program. Your phone calls right around the corner. 